You are now listening to Ridge Talks, the podcast created by students for students. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy. I'm Ryan Mash here with the one and only Mr. Giles, who teaches Honors American Lit and AP Literature at the Ridge. Mr. Giles, can you introduce yourself to the audience by talking about your personal background? All right. So my personal background. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm apparently the man, the myth, the legend that is Mr. Giles. Uh, let's see. I started uh, teaching about 11 years ago. Second career for me. I had a career in broadcasting and radio. I did a little bit in uh, event marketing and then had a uh, fantastic uh, experience as a substitute teacher in Cherokee County and decided to go get my teaching degree in English education. Uh, graduated from Georgia Southern with my broadcasting degree. I graduated from Kennesaw State with my secondary English education degree. And um, this is my second year here at River Ridge. Before that, I was uh, at Sprayberry High School. And then before that, I started my teaching career at North Pauling High School. So there you go. Awesome. Okay. Uh, Now, going into your teaching career, did your parents influence your career choice to be a teacher at all? Absolutely not. Absolutely Um, not. I was actually, um, when I went to high school, I was what they call, uh, first of all, I was identified as a gifted student when in like fifth grade, fourth grade or whatever. And I thought it was a joke Mm -hmm. because uh, I didn't consider myself even smart. So I kind of like, you know, flew under the radar a little bit. Uh, earning my education degree, I learned uh, about different levels of giftedness and there's a characteristic called the gifted underachiever. And that was totally me in high school. I was the gifted underachiever. I didn't know about honors classes. I didn't know about AP classes, none of that stuff. So I just kind of flew under the radar and did what I needed to do to do what I wanted to do. And that was about it. My parents were actually just really excited that I a graduated high school and B got into college. That was their kind of their biggest thing. So education was like the furthest thing from my brain, definitely from their brains. And um, they were just excited that I was going to college somewhere and not just banging out in their basement. Awesome. So when you did go to college, what was your first primary degree? Like what you major in when you got in? So my first degree was in broadcasting. I had this Mm -hmm. weird idea that I was going to be a rock star radio DJ one day. Mm -hmm. And I was for like a hot second. Um, I did work in radio for a little while here in Atlanta for a radio station called Z93. Radio station no longer exists, not because I left, but because it was sold and then they fired everybody that was under contract. So they kind of changed formats and did did all of that stuff. So that was my first degree. And then again, my second degree was in English education almost 10 years later. I went back to school for my English education degree at Kennesaw State University. Wow. And at KSU, what was like you would want to say your biggest highlight of those college years? Um, I would probably say that I had a fantastic opportunity to get published with a former professor friend of mine, Dr. Jennifer Dale. Uh, she taught a uh, technology class, uh, education class, like teaching and how and how to implement technology in the classroom with um, with students, and uh, we had collaborated on a couple of things, and uh, we used this platform called VoiceThread, which was giving audio feedback to students on certain activities. And I did one, and she asked if she could use my submission in the article that she was writing for the Allen Review. And then she asked me, Hey, would you like to co-author the article with me? I said, sure. Why not? I was like, all right, it's an opportunity, I guess, to get published and maybe one day put that on my resume somewhere. And as a teacher being published is, I guess, 
kind of cool. Yeah. But every once in a while I read it and I'm kind of like, I don't want to read it because it's <laughs> not good. Like the part that I did, I like, mm-hmm. it's not good. I wish I would go back and redo it. But Revise it a little. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of, no matter what's really published, there's always things that people can improve on and especially self-criticism uh, when it comes to those types of things. Oh, I would absolutely agree. Yeah. I'm, we're, I'm my own worst critic. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> so would you say she's like a big role model of yours? Yeah. I mean, um, we're, uh, you know, we're acquaintances on social media and um, it's because of her and a lot of other professors at Kennesaw State that um, they ask me back from time to time to kind of speak to pre-service teachers, student teachers about the teaching profession. They um, have me come back and talk to like first year teachers kind of after their first year and, and talk to them about kind of my experience again, because of, you know, her influence. And again, some of these other fantastic professor at Kennesaw state that I've hosted student teachers all from Kennesaw state just to, and it's, it's fantastic for me because I can give back to the program that gave me a whole lot. So it's, mm-hmm. it's actually kind of cool to do it that way. Yeah. All right. Now let's get on to a little bit of a lighter topic. So do you have any funny stories that um, you haven't told any of your classes? Um, funny stories yes. that I haven't told any of my classes. Mm-hmm. Um, Something hmm. exclusive for the podcast. Exclusive for the yeah, podcast. Yes. Let's see. All right. I can tell you about the first girl I had a crush on. Okay. Let's do that. Yeah. So I was working as a bag boy at Kroger and at Kroger, I don't know if you know, but like you get tips, oh, bag okay. up the groceries, take them out to somebody's car. You like, they give you tips. Um, and I worked there, I think two years, but I started in like early October. So I went through like Thanksgiving holiday and in the December holiday. So I was making pretty decent money. And, um, the more items that you took out to cars, you know, again, the more, more tips you'd make, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So what, what you'd want to do, you want to get a cashier that could get a lot of customers through. So there was this one fantastic, you know, young lady. Also, you know, we went to school together and I may or may, again, may or may not have a small crush on her. I totally did. Uh, but it, and I always make sure that I would bag on her line because she's yeah. really, really good at her job. So one day I remember we used to take breaks together and there was a McDonald's that was like in the parking lot of the Kroger that I worked at. So we used to like go eat French fries and like the backseat of my you know, and tailgate of my truck. And mm-hmm. I even like went total cheese ball and like walked through the floral department yeah. of Kroger. And I saw this really cool flower and I was asking the floral manager and he's like, I'll just take it. And I like taped it to her windshield like with a wow. nose from your secret admirer, like total cheese ball. <laughs> um, so she had no idea. And then I guess one day um, we had a falling out. Not sure whose fault it was. I'm pretty sure it was probably oh. my fault, whatever. And and uh, so here's the here's the funny story part of it is that even though I'm like, oh, Giles is talking about a girl he had a crush on in high school. So there was this customer that came through her line, right? Because again, I was still wanting to make money. She's really, really good at her job. But as far as the work relationship, it was really awkward. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, again, yeah. we had that falling out. Pretty sure it was my fault, but it is <laughs> it is what it is. So this customer came through with his fruit and it looked, we didn't know what it was, right? So she asked, hey, ma'am, what, what kind of fruit is that? And she says, oh, it's a kumquat. I was like, me being the person that wanted to to, you know, strike up a conversation with the person yeah. that I'm getting checked out so I can take out groceries to card and maybe earn another more of a tip because I'm being personable. I said, Oh, what's, what's this fruit? I don't even know what it is. She's like, Oh, it's uh, sweet on the outside, but sour in the middle. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. So, you know, me being the fantastic teenager that I am, I look right at her and I say, Oh, 
that sounds familiar. Wow. It was really awkward. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it was utter silence after that. Yeah. That's a story that I haven't told a lot of my students. Some mm. of my former students might know that one, but I haven't told it this year because we haven't, I haven't felt the right time because, you know, we do yeah. life lessons with yeah, Giles. Of course. So, but we haven't gotten there yet. So you've heard it. Mm-hmm. So if I do tell it in class. Yeah. Don't spoil it. I will not. So I'll now everybody knows what a kumquat, the, the fruit, it's an yeah. actual fruit. I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. Do you so. regret, um, making that comment? I really do because okay. I'm sure she, she's a fan. She, I'm sure she's a fantastic person. I don't have no idea what she's doing. I'm mm-hmm. sure she's doing fantastic things, but yeah, I, I, it was just me being a silly <laughs> teenager, not thinking yeah. with no filter, just kind of voicing my opinion because you know, I was a, she was my first crush. Yeah, I get that. I, I get was that. hurt first. I, that's mm-hmm. that. That was my gut reaction right there. Yeah. Totally should have said that. Not cool. <laughs> Not cool. <laughs> Good question though. Okay, so talking about life lessons with Giles. Sure. So, what do you think would be like your best life lesson to tell somebody? Um, I think. When we talk about how we attack situations, we always have two reactions, fight or flight. Again, I've detailed, you know, for some of my classes, different situations as a teenager where I've had to either confront a situation or mm-hmm. I ran from the situation because again, that's just what, you know, teenagers do. Um, but I think learning some of those things about how you approach a situation, either you're going to attack it or you're going to kind of run from it. I would hope that some of the things that we talk about in class really encourages students to really understand that not every situation is really scary, that sometimes you just got to step outside of your comfort zone and kind of attack that situation. Um, because if students tend to, or even just life in general, you tend to like back off from mm-hmm. a situation too many times or too much that you kind of miss the big picture. Yeah. So definitely those fight or flight. So more fighting than yeah. Flying. Yes. I would agree. Okay. Attack like those that. situations and, you know, be confident in the stuff that you do and, um, just go for new experiences too. Carpe diem seize the day. <laughs> How cliche is that? <laughs> so cliche, but yeah, car, yeah, like, like the whole carpe diem mm-hmm. kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. If you could, okay, this one is a literature question, oh, like a lit teacher one. Uh-oh. So if you could erase and you have to erase a, like one book. So if you could erase a book from ever existing, which book would you choose? And why? Erase a book from yeah. ever existing. It's very Fahrenheit 451 of you, isn't it? Yeah, like, I know. Okay. But so just get rid one. of it, not burning it, mm-hmm. but just get, get rid, rid of it. Just yeah. like it didn't exist. Um, let's see. Wow. That is a good question. A book to get rid of. Thank you. I made it myself. That's a really good qu- A book to, the reason why I'm repeating is because I'm trying to jog my mm-hmm. memory. A book to get rid of, just to get rid of it altogether. Yeah. And all the information in it would have never been like talked about really because that book wouldn't have existed. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't think I could. Yeah. That question really kind of hurts my soul as an English teacher because there's so many fantastic books out there that I've read that all have fantastic information in them. Um, I have no answer. Yeah. You've stumped me. <laughs> that doesn't happen often. Nice job. Thank you. But I will Thank think you. about it. Yes. And maybe I'll like email your podcast. Okay. Yeah. With my response and maybe in another episode. Yeah. We can talk about Just that reference answer. it. Oh yeah. Or have me back. We might. Now. Great. I've opened Pandora's box. <laughs> Okay. You opened up your um, ideas to more podcasts. Yeah, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Now I've committed myself. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. Um, ooh, okay. 
What genre of music do you enjoy the most, and uh, which band or artist from that genre is your favorite? I would probably say, uh, first of all, I have a very eclectic music choice anyway, because with my background in radio, like I've always loved music. I would say the biggest influence or the, the genre that I enjoy the most would be definitely that 90s grunge mm. genre. And the band that I love the most is um, Stone Temple Pilots, my favorite band. I don't know why. It's just I know when their first album, Core, came out and I was just coming off of the Nirvana bandwagon and the CD came out and I went, I remember buying the disc and I remember it playing over and over and over in my car. Uh, I just and you wouldn't had, get tired of it? And I wouldn't. That was the CD that just like kind of stayed in my car a lot. Um, but yeah, Stone Temple Pilots, I would say is, is my favorite band and that genre of music, that grunge genre is probably if like, if you jump on my Spotify and it's all, yeah. it's all <laughs> Your Spotify stuff. history, it, it, yeah. every single bit of it is. That's awesome. If you could ask Shakespeare, cause I know you really enjoy learning and talking about Shakespeare. I do. Class. And I sent him a friend request, but he hasn't you gotten did? back to me yet. Oh, that sucks. That do you think he's ghosting you or? No, 11 years ago. Wow. I sent it to him. Mm-hmm. You'd figure that somebody's in charge of his account. Yeah. Cause you know, he's dead. Not, not existing. Like a verified account that's yeah. just pretending to be him. You'd figure somebody from yeah. like the Shakespeare lineage would respond to me. He hasn't responded to me yet. That I'm is a little bit jaded by that, but ask your Shakespeare question. Yes. So if you could ask him one question and only one, what would it be? And get an answer. I would really love to know, did he write all that stuff or was it somebody else? Because I think that's the biggest idea that nobody can really put their finger on because there's so many different conspiracy theories out there. Um, but I want to know, like, did you write it? Like, yeah. was this all you or was it somebody else or was it like a group of people? Like, I need to know the answer because his stuff is genius. And I mm-hmm. love the stories and the characters. And I love how just his use of language and, and all that stuff. And again, you know, because, yeah. we're, you know, looking at that stuff in our AP class. But I, that's the question I want to ask him. Like, did you actually write this stuff? Mm-hmm. It's kind of unbelievable because uh, I've heard that he has used like 7,000 words um, only once in all of his plays. And these were new words that he made up. Yeah. Um, and 7,000 is a lot of No, just... I mean, it is It is kind of crazy when, when you think about the influence that someone has had on literature, not mm-hmm. just, you know, in during that time period, but worldwide, but now, even, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking about a 21st century context, is that all of these words, again, he didn't make them up, but it was the first time they were seen in print. So he gets all the credibility, all the credit for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, that's really cool. Like, yeah. maybe one day. I'll have a word that mm-hmm. I came up with and it's the first time I was seen in print and I get the credit, but no, I'm not totally not Shakespeare. So that's never going to happen to me. I mean, it might, you don't know, right? Well, thank you for the optimism. I appreciate yeah. it. I mean, like you talked about earlier, you talked about, um, fighting instead of flying. So maybe yeah, one day. Yeah. For sure. That's my retirement plan. That's what it's going to be. That's a good retirement plan. Just come up with that one word that I get accredited with mm-hmm. and have it on like Webster's dictionary and everything. That would be pretty cool. Actually. <laughs> yeah. Life. Yeah, that's a goal. That's honestly, that's actually really doable. I think you could do that. I will put that on my list. Your bucket list. That's it. There you go. Create an action item for that and check it off when it's done. Awesome. Thank you for setting me down the path. I appreciate it. That's what I'm here for. (laughs) No, thanks. I appreciate it. This one. I I really like this question. Uh, So your classroom dynamic, it's really unique compared to other teachers. And in terms of like how you structure and how you operate. um, So where or how did you develop? Uh, your teaching skills? Um, 
Well, I mean, we, all right. So we, we'll go down like the technical part of it. So as mm-hmm. a English education major, you have to go be a student teacher. So uh, the program is a little bit different now. So as a student teacher, you, for one semester, you have to go teach in a middle school. Mm. So I actually taught Shakespeare to a bunch of gifted and advanced eighth graders, wow. which was fun. Um, and the teacher that I, that I taught with and shared her classroom with, she was fantastic. She actually is an administrator still at Freedom Middle School. Dr. Campos is her name. She's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So if, if she's listening, Dr. Campos, Giles is what's up. Um, I saw her a couple, like three, four years ago. Wow. She's doing fantastic. She's a wonderful, wonderful person. So I did that in a middle school. And then I student taught for a semester at Etowah High School, um, American literature class. So I did 11th graders and then like an honors ninth grade class. So I had a teacher that I shared a classroom with there and it was just different things that I picked and choose from those teaching experiences. And then the, the biggest underlying characteristic that I always think about is I think about myself in high school and I think about stuff that when high school Giles was either bored with or mm-hmm. what he got excited about. And what I try to do is I try to have that mentality when I teach my classroom. So I had teachers that would tell stories to get kids engaged. I had those teachers that would stand up and just do lecture class mm-hmm. the whole entire time. Um, so I took tidbits of all of those things, the good and the not so good to figure out kind of the teacher I wanted to be. Um, and then in kind of 11 years, I've discovered and kind of honed those skills. And I, the biggest thing is that I want to give my kids and my students ownership of my class. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's jobs. Everybody has a job yeah. to do. Like, you know, someone gets my door and I used to have, um, I remember a long time ago, there was a rule at another school that I taught that we had to put trash cans, like. Out in the hallways at the end mm-hmm. of the day. Oh, for the custodians to pick yeah, up. Yeah. So I had a student in charge of that. Like, hey, take my trash oh, out. Oh, that's awesome. Or, you know, like help clean up the room mm-hmm. or, you know, write on my board or whatever. I just, I, I put kids in charge of stuff mm-hmm. in my classroom. And what it does, it really builds that classroom community. Yeah. And it kind of gives everybody ownership of the classroom. And I think that is a part of it. If you give students the opportunity to kind of make it their own space that students are more willing to work with you Mm -hmm. and not for you. Yeah. And then I also think about, because I did work in corporate America before I was a teacher. So, and I've managed people, I've been managed by people and you know, what, what is a teacher? You got to manage a bunch of teenagers. So again, you've got to figure out how to work, how to get people to want to work with you and not Mm -hmm. for you. So that's kind of the mentality that I take. So like more of a, almost like a leadership position and role to it. Yeah. I would say so because again, you got, you know, understand as a, as a leader, you got to know when to follow. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of times where I'm like, all right, here's your goal. Here's your objective. However you get there, you get there. If you have any questions, let me know. Um, to kind of let you guys figure out how to get there. Um, yeah. but take on the mentality that I've been there and I've kind of done that stuff mm-hmm. and I know how it feels. So that's just kind of my thing. That's awesome. I appreciate that. Very unique. I think it's very interesting, especially for a first year student to come in your class and experience it like the first week of school. You just go right on. I actually quite enjoy how different it is because the dynamic is just so unique. I've never had like a teacher like you to do that. Well, I appreciate that. So usually you get like two reactions. People are either terrified or they're like, yay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm like coffee. I'm like an acquired taste. Mm -hmm. Like either people like it or just don't really want to stick with it. Yeah. And, and I, I've been, it's been that way for 11 years. So I'm not mm-hmm. offended by it, but again, I, I appreciate it. Yeah. So I try to, I do my best to kind of not be like everybody else. Yeah. Teacher teaching style. I just kind of 
figure out what I need to figure out and have the mentality like I was a kid once. Mm-hmm. I didn't just didn't magic up this age. <laughs> yeah. And You're just born like this. Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah I had way more hair. <laughs> yeah, audience can't see that, but I'm totally bald. Mm-hmm. Fantastic beard, though. Yes, of course. Um, I guess my hair just fell off my head and mm-hmm. went to my bottom of my face. But yeah, I just have that idea that you know I was a kid once. I get it. I've been in a classroom, so structure the classroom the way you would have wanted it when you were in high school. And I think that's kind of the way I, I look at it. Awesome. Okay. I think that's pretty much everything. Is there anything you want to ask me? Ask you? Yeah. Oh, geez. We flipped it. Um, yeah. Let's see. All right. Here's a question. Since I know you're doing all these podcasts and I think it's a fantastic idea. Mm-hmm. That So I'm not a podcast guy mm-hmm. because I've never listened to a podcast in my life. Oh, really? Ever. Wow. Ever. Because I mean, what? it's just a glorified radio show mm-hmm. is what this is. So I guess my question to you, is this something that you want to pursue as a career? That's a good question. I would say that I have a lot of different pursuits like for career choices. I personally don't know exactly what I want to do with life. And I feel like 99% of high schoolers and even people in college uh, feel the same way. So I am interested in communication through podcasts. Like that does sound like a fun job I've seen. Um, and I've heard podcasts in the past, so it is something I'm interested in, but I kind of like everything. So it's hard for me to kind of choose one thing. I got you. Podcasts are pretty fun. So interesting. Interesting. Again, I think that, um, if you're passionate about something, do it. Why not? I didn't know I was passionate about teaching until I actually started doing it as a substitute teacher. One time I'm like, all right, cool. This is actually kind of fun. So cool. Well, maybe you should pursue the podcast career idea one day. Yeah. Awesome. You're opening uh, doors for me as well. See yeah. what I do for you yeah. people. All of the, <laughs> See, even in the audience, they're like, oh yeah, it's such a good idea. Tell I could be a podcast host. I mean, it's fun. So far. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Uh, that's going to wrap up our interview with you, Mr. Giles. Thank you so much for joining. Um, he is located on the 1100 hallway. Uh, you have a picture. I think it's like a Bitmoji it next is. to your door. It is. Uh, from Snapchat. Um, is it from? No, I mean, it's not from Snapchat. It's, it's not from bit, Snapchat. Oh, uh, the, yeah. Okay. I'm not on the Snap. I'm not cool mm. enough for Snapchat. So. Yeah. so you just have a Bitmoji account. You don't have a Snapchat. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. I, I forgot they're two different things. But they yeah. Are. So uh, if you want to go visit him, go ahead. Sure. Um, if you are going into Honors American Lit or AP Lit, you'll probably have him as a teacher. So that's exciting. Um, you can let him know that you listen to this podcast and um, you know something that his class doesn't. That's true. Yeah. yeah. The story about my first high Chris school crush. crush. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Mr. Giles. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you very much for the opportunity, man. It was awesome. Hey, everyone. It's Sydney DeRoja here with the FOF of the week. And if you do not know what that is, it is a challenge one of our very own teachers, Mr. Harrison, here at the Ridge started where we strive to do something for other people. Hence why it is called FOF or For Others Friday. This week's FOF is do something to help people in need. 